It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. All right, everybody, we're dead. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. We're all dead. We are now living in a world in which the baseball season is over as the New York Mets lose just an absolutely pathetic game against the San Diego Padres. I will start off with a positive, though. You want a positive? You want a positive? Here's the positive. If you sat through the wild card game in 2016, or you sat through game five of the World Series in 2015 or 2000, or especially game seven against the Cardinals in 06, you know that sick, shocking feeling when you think you're going to win, you think you're going to move on, you think something magical is going to happen, and then it doesn't. That's a true kick in the balls moment. This was one of those games, and I've experienced it a few times throughout my life as a sports fan, in which you knew about 40 minutes into this game where this was going. You knew it. And if you weren't sure at 2-0, if you weren't positive when Austin Nola hit that two-run single against Chris Bassett, because, hey, it's still only 2-0, crap can happen. If you weren't sure then... You became a little sure when Barry Bonds, I mean Trent Grisham, had that RBI single in the fourth inning. But ah, it's 3 nothing. It's still not sure. If you weren't sure yet, maybe being perfected by Joe Musgrove through four innings gave it away, or maybe it was Manny Machado's RBI single, or maybe it was Trent Grisham making that ridiculous catch against Mark Canna in the fifth inning. The point is, we all knew. This was a funeral. We all attended or watched, if you were lucky enough to watch that garbage broadcast on ESPN, we all witnessed a funeral. We witnessed three hours of burying the 2021 New York Mets. 2022 New York Mets, I'm sorry. I confuse garbage seasons together. My apologies. And that's what this is. Now, we'll do another podcast in a few days. We're going to have a deep breath podcast, as I'm going to call it. That's when we give it a few days. The season's over, the fire just burned out, and maybe our views, maybe our emotions will be different in a few days. But I'll tell you this right now, this emotion won't be different. This season sucked. That emotion ain't going to change. 2007, 2008, 2022, it's all the same shit. There really isn't much of a difference. But there'll be a moment, we'll take a deep breath, we'll reevaluate how we really feel. But in this moment, because we're recording this about an hour after this game ended, this was so putrid and so pathetic. I walked out of City Field tonight embarrassed. Like, I thought I would walk out angry, and I was. I was a little bit angry, but I was more embarrassed. I mean, you're telling me in an elimination game against Joe Musgrove, who's a solid pitcher, and he scared me. I said it to you the other day, Hoff, Mr. San Diego. He scares the crap out of me. And we'll get to the ear stuff in a second. We'll get to everything. The ear stuff, the pitch calm, the Chris Bassett, the crowd, which everyone wants to crap on, which I'll probably join in on. But the reality is this offense for nine innings was pathetic. I, looking back on it now, recording this an hour after the game, I wish we got no hit. I got to be honest. I wish that Pete Alonzo single in the fifth inning never freaking happened. Because if you're going to go down, you may as well go down in a blaze of glory. 
if you're going to go down as a laughing stock of baseball, and we are for 24 hours, it'll go away. We'll move on to something else. We'll start laughing at the Phillies after they lose three straight to the Atlanta Braves. Or maybe we'll laugh at the Yankees if they get picked off by the Guardians. I have no idea. Wow, that's the first time I called them the Guardians. I think I'm starting to just give in. (laughs) I'm giving up. I've been very adamant about I'm not calling them that. They're just Cleveland and just slip of the tongue. They're the Guardians. (laughs) Yuck. But we were embarrassed. We were just absolutely embarrassed watching this crap. And in the first inning, look, Chris Bassett gives you one, two, three inning, and he gives you hope. In the bottom of the first inning, we do nothing against Joe Musgrove, but okay. All right, 0-0. Maybe Chris Bassett is going to put together that bounce-back performance we desperately need. And even if this offense is going to be shut down by Joe Musgrove, hey, maybe Chris Bassett is going to step up in the moment, especially considering how bad he was against the Braves. And that second inning, that second inning had a chance to haunt us. And the only reason the second inning of this game won't haunt us, it'll just go into the notes as one of many horrible things we watched over the years as Met fans, is because this offense stole the show. When you when you don't score a run and you only collect one hit in nine innings, nothing else is going to matter. Especially when you lose a game 6 nothing, You're not necessarily going to think about the first two runs. But for this moment, because we'll forget about this a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, let's go back and relive how putrid that top of the second inning was. How frustrating that top of the second inning was. Okay, Chris Bassett gives up a single to Josh Bell at one and two. It happens. It's a little frustrating. A little ground ball between first and second. But he's ahead of him one and two. He gives up a single. But don't worry. Juan Soto's not coming up this inning. Manny Machado's not coming up this inning. Instead, you're going to face Jake Cronenworth, who has done nothing in this series. You're going to face Will Myers, who had done nothing in this series. And a light-hitting shortstop, Nahay Sing Kim. You get those three guys out, the leadoff single by Josh Bell doesn't mean anything. So Cronenworth hits a ground ball to first base. Am I mad that Pete Alonso was unable to make the throw to second base to get Josh Bell? I'm not mad, but I think that's a play you should make. Now, Pete is what he is defensively at first base. I think he's made a lot of progress. But does Rico Bronya throw to second base and get that out? You're damn right he does. And of course, I'm going to use him as an example. Freaking name of the podcast. So runner on second, one out. Okay, not the end of the world. You're Chris Bassett. You're two outs away from getting through this rally. Will Myers goes right after the first pitch. It's a ground ball to shortstop. And I don't know if you felt this way. Hoff was sitting. Where were you sitting? Left field corner, you said? Yeah, yeah. I was down third baseline. Left field, 128. I don't know if you saw what I saw, but when Myers hit the ground ball to short, it looked for a second like Josh Bell was going to have his head up his ass and be caught off second base. So for a split second, when Lindor makes that play, I'm thinking to myself, oh, Josh Bell, dumbass, get him out. Two outs, runner on first, let's move on. But Bell at the last second sprints back to second base. Lindor makes the throw to first base. All right, two outs. Okay, two outs. Hey, Sun Kim's coming up. Not a big deal. Guy's got an OPS of 705. Chris Bassett's going to get him out. And Chris Bassett gets ahead of him. Was it 0-2 or 1-2? It was one of the two. And then he kept nibbling and nibbling and nibbling. 
And when he walked Hey Sung Kim, I had a sick feeling in my stomach because Barry Bonds was coming up. We can't face Trent Grisham. Trent Grisham, who, by the way, if you don't remember this, I want you to know this because I'm not saying this is going to make any of us feel better, but it's good to know history. Trent Grisham was the poor schmuck in right field in the wild card game between the Nationals and the Brewers. When Juan Soto hit that base hit to right field, he's the poor soul who fell on his ass. He had a postseason blunder, a postseason boner, as some may say. Well, guess what? Trent Grisham decided to come back three years later as a goddamn walking god. He's hitting home runs. He's pummeling base hits up the middle. And as you saw later in the game, he's making freaking crazy running catches. But Trent Grisham comes up with first and second two outs. And it's like Chris Bassett said, I can't face him. Like Jacob DeGrom fought the previous night. I can't face Trent Grisham. And what's so crazy is Met fans in the building, I can tell what they're feeling and what they're thinking. Because I, I hear people muttering to themselves in my section. So with Trent Grisham, everybody's confused. Because they look up at the scoreboard and they see 168 as his batting average. And so they're like, oh, this guy sucks. But then they remember that the previous night he had a home run against Jacob DeGrom. And the night before that, he had a home run against Max Scherzer. So Met fans have like this weird mixed feeling of this guy sucks, but this guy's awesome. Which is really the story of our life, isn't it? A guy sucks, but he's awesome against the Mets. And Chris Bassett treated Trent Grisham like he was Barry freaking Bonds. But okay. The bases are loaded with two outs. And now you got a light-hitting catcher named Austin Nola coming up. By the way, what a few days for the Nolas. I mean, the Nolas had a great few days. Aaron and now Austin. And Bassett's ahead of him 0-2. And I want to be honest with everybody listening. When he was ahead 0-2, I said, he's going to get out of it. I did. I, I admit it. Mr. Negative. I'm, I'm so negative. 0-2 to Nola. I'm like, he's going to get out of it. Then he fouled the pitch off. I got a little nervous. That first foul ball made me nervous. The second foul ball made me very nervous. And then as soon as the ball came off his bat on the left side of the infield, like a split second, it's like how Gary Cohen calls a strikeout before it's a strikeout because the audio is ahead of the video. My brain was ahead of that ball being hit. I felt it going into left field. And that was the game. I mean, it's amazing to say that in the top of the second inning, that was the game because the New York Mets only shot in this game was to shut out the Padres and then hopefully scratch out a run in the 12th the way the Cleveland Guardians did against the Rays a few days earlier. What a kick in the balls. That's the line of the day, by the way, everybody, because if you didn't hear, Max Scherzer after the game said that was a kick in the balls. <laughs> Max, you know what else is a kick in the balls? You. You no-showing a game against the Braves. You no-showing the opener of this series against the Padres. In fact, I'd argue, Max, that's the biggest kick in the balls we've had. You and your $43 million of sucking in the biggest moment. But Evan, he's hurt. Don't criticize him. Okay, I'm sorry. Max is probably hurt. How dare I criticize him? But that's a killer. 
you are facing the bottom of the Padres order. And I could add this up right now. It'll make you even more sick. I put it out on Twitter uh, before the game was over. So there's an update to it. And that was what has 789 done in this series. And 789 is obviously Kim Grisham and Nola. And they destroyed the Mets. They got on base 17 times. I'm not even kidding. I could add it up to make sure that's completely accurate. But look, in the finale of this series, Austin Nola was on twice and laid down a sack bunt. Trent Grisham was on base all four times he was up. All four times. Hey, Sung Kim was on base three times. So just in the finale of this series, they were on base nine effing times. In game two of this series, Nola was on base twice. Grisham was on base three times. Kim didn't get on base. By the way, Trent Grisham was on base seven out of his last eight plate appearances. What the F? Like, that's why I call him Barry Bonds. In the opener of this series, Kim was on base three times. Grisham was only on base once. He also got robbed by Marte. And Nola was on base one more time. They got killed by seven, eight, and nine. I know Juan Soto ended up adding on to this game with the two-run single, and Manny Machado had an RBI single and hit a home run off of Scherzer to kind of put the exclamation point. But Manny Machado and Juan Soto didn't kill the New York Mets. Trent effing Grisham killed the New York Mets. Well, really, the Mets killed the New York Mets, if we're being fair. But the seven, eight, and nine hitters were a nightmare. Now, look, here's the truth. Everything I just said means nothing because the bat sucked. And I think that's the headline. I admit that. If we're writing the obituary for why the 2022 New York Mets fell apart, it probably starts. Look, you could argue it starts with Scherzer, a little bit of DeGrom, not really, because he pitched well in game two, a little bit of Bassett. The starting pitching was clearly not good enough. I, I think we all agree. But the bats did nothing. They missed out on so many opportunities in the opener of this series. And in game three, the finale, it was an exclamation point. Joe Musgrove is retiring 12 in a row to start the game. Pete Alonso gets that leadoff hit in the fifth inning, and you're thinking maybe it leads to something, and it leads to nothing because Jeff McNeil strikes out, which never happens. Canna hits that ball where Barry Bonds, Trent Grisham, makes the incredible play. He's not Barry Bonds there. Then he's Andrew Jones. He morphed into Andrew Jones when he's making that great running catch against Mark Hanna. And the Bats did nothing. The Bats did nothing in Atlanta. The Bats did nothing in the opener of this series. They broke out a little bit in game two and did nothing in game two, even though it took a while. And then in game three, they fell flat on their face. And the blame goes everywhere. It's not one guy. It's everybody. Look, Brandon Nimmo took an over in the finale of this series after he had a really good game, too. Marte did nothing after he had two hits in his first game. And granted, he's coming back from the finger injury, so maybe you give him the benefit of the doubt. Lindor did nothing. And Lindor had a moment in this game. When Lindor fouled that ball off his body and looked like he was in pain, the crowd did everything to will him to have this dramatic like walk or base hit or maybe a home run that could have electrified the crowd. And instead, Lindor struck out. He did nothing. Jeff McNeil's back went quiet. Mark Canna didn't have a hit in this series. Daniel Vogelback did very little. It was a collective failure by all of these bats. And the exclamation point was the final game of this series 
where Joe Musgrove looked like Cy Young. 